Coming up on podcast 1595, you can now take a fully electric Uber in 25 different cities. Stick around and I'll tell you what I know. Also on the show today, the Chinese envoy warns the US not to cut China out of the EV supply chain. Uh, GM is going to spend big advertising their EVs and quantum sensors could change the way that we work out the range in EVs. Those stories and a lot more besides. Well, good morning, good afternoon or good evening. Wherever you're listening in the world, it's EV News Daily, your trusted source of EV information for the weekend. Saturday, 17th of September. Today, my name is Martin Lee and I go through every EV story so you don't have to. Headline story and Uber has expanded its comfort electric service nationwide to 25 different US cities letting users request rides in all-electric vehicles uh, like the Model 3 from Tesla, the Polestar 2, Ford Mustang Mach-E's and more. Uh, They're also expanding to Vancouver in British Columbia. Now, the Comfort Electric uh, program launched in May uh, with several cities launching as part of Uber Comfort. You can now request extra legroom, high-end features. You pay uh, 20 to 40% more over the typical Uber trip fee. It's separate from Uber Green, which gives drivers a bit more money for electrified vehicles. Uber Green does allow for hybrids. Comfort Electric is pure EV. And according to Yahoo.com, they write, the expansion looks like a small step in Uber's go- goal of becoming a zero-emissions platform in the US and Canada by 2030. It's promised to spend $800 million to help drivers transition to all-electric vehicles by 2025. California will require ride-hailing services to be all-electric by 2030, and other states in New York, like New York rather, also plan to ban sales of combustion cars. If you've ridden in an all-electric Uber on purpose, let me know, rather than just one turning up and thinking, oh, that's pretty cool. I had a Hyundai Arnic, the original, the wind knife. Original one picked me up the other day, and I'm like, oh, wow. Um, it wasn't the, the original one with the small battery. It was the facelift, uh, but still, I was like, oh, that's cool. I didn't ask for an EV. Uh, clearly, this guy was making EV work for him with Uber. Uh, I didn't specifically request it, so it didn't cost me any more. And even then, you know, I don't think the, the scheme is live in London. I need to check. But either way, it was very cool, pleasant surprise. And I didn't make small talk about electric cars. I'm sure he has plenty of people make small talk about his EV. Uh, so I kept quiet. Right, moving on. And China has a huge amount of EVs running on the roads. By the end of last month in August, they fell just short of a big milestone. They won't mind. 10.99 million new energy vehicles on Chinese roads. Shame it wasn't the big 11 million, uh, but either way. It's a 65% leap compared to the same time last year, according to a speech yesterday by the Vice Minister of China's Ministry of Public Security at a conference. For the first eight months of this year, 3.22 million EVs were registered in the China market, doubling over the previous year. And talking of China, uh, the Chinese ambassador to the United States has a message for the US. As you know, over the last few weeks and months as well, the US has a very aggressive plan to create a domestic EV supply chain. So if you want to access the federal tax credit or the the version of that from 1st of January, if you want to access money off cars, if you're a charger manufacturer and you want to access those incentives, if you're a battery maker and you want to make sure that you're selling the most batteries, there is now a huge, huge political and financial push to 
have that supply chain on domestic soil. And that's because in the case of some of the elements inside EV batteries, up to 95% of the global processing is done in China. That doesn't mean it's not dug out of the ground other places, but then it's shipped to China for processing and then made into batteries, uh, whether that is the various different component parts and minerals and metals required to go into an EV battery. So the US saying, well, hang on a minute, we'll happily give you uh, some money off the cars, but the batteries have to increasingly be assembled in the US and those, uh, those component parts also refined in the US. China, not very happy about this. The ambassador to the US says, don't. So, according to Jalopnik, uh, the message was more diplomatic and detailed, but it was a warning to the US. Uh, They told them not to cut China out of the US supply chain. Because if the US goes ahead with its plan, uh, China says it will hurt both countries. And this has been China's banging of the drum, has been what's good for China is good for the global economy. And you can't can't deny that. If you look at what's good for you is good for China. Uh, They've done incredibly well. The average wealth of the country is rising. Big new middle class in China. And also, look around you. And if you're listening to this podcast on a device, probably made in China. And most of the bits inside it were. And so... China has, with the electric vehicle movement, uh, got a head start and got a lot of control over the supply chain. And the US saying, that's okay. well, we're going to change that. China not very happy. Uh, If the US does go ahead with it, China claims that the interests of China and the US are intertwined. That was the word they used, intertwined, and warned them not to upset the established order of the global supply chain. But I think that's the problem. In my analysis of this, it would be China saying, don't rock the boat. Well, that's the problem. The boat, in the US's view, needs to be rocked because China has all the control. So when they say, don't upset the established order, that's the point. China doesn't want, and US does. So I don't think that warning goes very far. I think if you're warning the US and saying, hey, don't have a domestic supply chain of EVs and batteries and, and mineral processing, because otherwise you're going to upset everybody. Well, no, you'll upset China. And also the global supply chain, which is in there at the moment. A lot of, and a lot of Western companies doing business, whether that's your, uh, you know, selling mobile phones or Tesla selling cars, or GM selling uh, a big... Uh, a big operation for General Motors in China with uh, the, it's the Wuling joint venture. So I think China will probably, as much as they always do, threaten those, perhaps those Western companies with tariffs or a ban of trade. And they could do. China are big enough to do that, to say, right, we don't want Tesla in the country. Uh, that factory's ours now. Thanks very much. Don't want GM in the country. All of those factories and that IP and everything, that's ours now. They could do that. I don't think they will, but they could. During an interview at this year's Detroit Auto Show, uh, the North American International Auto Show, to give it its full name, uh, the Chinese ambassador uh, said that to de- decouple China from the EV supply chain means to disconnect from the world's largest market and the world's biggest opportunity. The the industry chain has been well established over the years and there'd be no winner if anybody wanted to intervene and destroy it. The electric vehicle value chain or specifically the supply chain is globalised, they said. And again, if that's the argument you're going with, all you're doing is reinforcing the reason why the US is going their own way on it. That's like that's the whole point. It's the globalization of it that the US wants to get away from to more domestic. Anyway, the Inflation Reduction Act applies to EVs and charges and infrastructure and things like that. The Chinese ambassador saying uh, that China being cut off as being in charge of the EV supply chain cuts everyone out of the, out of the deal. 
and I don't believe that. Whether it eventually hurts GM, Ford, Tesla, losing access to the biggest market in the world for EVs, we'll wait and see. I don't think it will. I think that's more of a threat than anything else. Uh, Bloomberg reports that there wasn't a single Chinese company at the Detroit Auto Show. So it's all well and good saying, hey, you know, you get access to China, you can sell your cars in China, but it's not a two-way street. Like, China didn't turn up to the Detroit Auto Show. Compare that to the Paris Motor Show coming in October. BYD are going to be there, Great Wall are going to be there, and more. Europe's relationship with China is a bit different because, in fairness, Europe's supply chain for things like lithium manufacturing, processing, mining, is, is not there either. And so rather than going our own way, and, and I think Europe, the EU, is trying to do it, uh, but also uh, we are a, a little more welcoming and saying, right, China, in you come. So, hey, fascinating. Uh, this isn't a political podcast, and I don't uh, pretend to understand the nuances of it. Really interesting as an observer, though, isn't it? Uh, China, though, uh, getting its own Hummer EV. Uh, China's Dongfeng just unveiled two new models, uh, the Mengxi brand uh, with two off-road vehicles that look like the Hummer. Uh, this is one of those ones for IP lawyers that uh, I'm not sure it stands up because what, what's China going to do? Like, yeah, we copied it. And they say it's not a copy of the Hummer. It's one of those ones where they've just copied the Hummer. And they're going to make their own one. Uh, big vehicles, 5.2 metres long and about 3.5 tonnes, the same as the Hummer, uh, and a little a little bit shorter. Uh, but either way, they say that it'll have you know, 1,000 horsepower, 0-62 in 4.2 seconds, going on sale for the Chinese market in 2023. Um, it's the Hummer that's not, it's a, it's a Mingxi, but it looks exactly the same, which is funny because it's kind of the opposite of their reputation of recent years, which is to make really, really good, advanced, original products and not making rubbish rip-off copies of everything else. So it's kind of interesting. They've, they've ripped off the Hummer. Uh, now let's talk Audi. And they say that the popularity of electric vehicles is causing a challenge. Beginning in 2026, every new Audi will be fully electric that they introduce. By 2030, they'll have phased out combustion. And with the arrival of the Q4 e-tron in the US, Audi now says it has more fully electric vehicle models than anyone else, including Tesla. Well, I guess if you're going for the win, you've got to find a, a metric, a stat to try and beat Tesla. Of course, the one that you should, uh, I think, you know, wheel out is we sell more EVs than Tesla. But no one can say that. No one's even close. So they go, well, we've got, we've got more models than Tesla. That's not hard. Tesla are famous for being sort of rationalizing everything down to being as simple as possible. But there you go. Audi's saying, we've got more models than Tesla. We don't have enough cars in the country yet, though, they say. Our biggest challenge right now is to fulfil the demand and get more cars into the country. We've seen some improvement in the supply chain, but it remains challenging. The unfortunate timing is that this is coinciding right when we see incredible growth in the demand for electric vehicles. Those are Audi's words. We see incredible growth in demand. We'd love it, they say. We'd love it if we could sell more. But Audi positioned itself very well to create this demand for our product so that it's a success story. So Audi saying, Audi positioned itself well to create this demand. Audi says, I think we're all excited about what that means for the future of the brand. I'll pop a link to thestreet.com in the show notes if you'd like to read what that story is all about. All right, coming up on the podcast soon, California's Governor Newsom on new climate change measures and quantum sensors so that our battery range is more predictable. Stick around, those stories and more coming up. General Motors will begin a big advertising campaign during Sunday night football, uh, beginning what it calls an aggressive and significant, their words, not mine, aggressive and significant ad campaign for Chevy's upcoming full electric vehicle lineup. The Bolt, the EUV, will be featured as they capture a broad consumer base, says the Detroit Free 
press. They have 3,000 US dealerships on board to sell EVs. The ad campaign has been called EVs for Everyone Everywhere. It debuts on Sunday during the 1pm NFL game on Fox and then later on on NBC. The campaign highlights the breadth of EVs that will compromise the lineup, the Silverado, the Blazer, the Equinox, all marketing next year and will feature already available vehicles like the Bolt and the EUV. Detroit Free Press writes, Earlier this month, Chevrolet revealed the Equinox EV, a compact SUV that will start at $30,000 and compete in one of America's best-selling segments when sales begin next autumn. It will offer 300 miles of range in front-wheel drive trim, according to GM estimates on the EPA test cycle. With electric versions of the Silverado and the Blazer going on sale next year, Chevrolet will offer EVs in the three biggest segments. I'll pop a link to the Detroit Free Press website in the show notes if you'd like to read more. Now, California's Governor Newsom signed some of the nation's most aggressive climate measures in history, they say, to combat human-caused climate change. Yesterday, on Friday, the legislative package complements the $54 billion in climate funding included in the state's budget this year. The new laws come as the state nears the end of a harsh, harsh summer that brought record-breaking heat that tested the power grid and major wildfires as well. The new laws require the state to stop contributing carbon dioxide to the the atmosphere at all by 2045, which will require an 85% emission slash. California finalised the plan last month to ban the sale of gas-powered vehicles starting in 2035 as part of a major push, writes Axios.com. Pop a link to Axios in the show notes if you want to read that full article. Now, what is a quantum sensor, and how can it help us work out how much range we have left? Scientists at the Tokyo Institute of Technology have pioneered a cutting-edge technique using diamond quantum sensors to measure the range. Uh, Currently, EVs are a little bit inaccurate in terms of working out the battery charge and the range, and it can be wrong by up to 10%, they say. I've never seen an EV wrong by 10%. I've seen them out by you know, a couple of miles. I've known Teslas that have stopped working with miles left on the dash. I've known Teslas that have carried on driving for five or ten miles or more when it says the battery is empty. It's horrible when it runs out and it says that you had some range left. Japanese researchers now look to have an innovative solution to the problem of developing a diamond quantum sensor detection technique. What the heck is that? Let's find out. The battery current of EVs can reach hundreds of amps. However, commercial sensors that detect the currents can't measure small changes at milliampere levels. Well, that changes with these new sensors, and that's what can cause the inaccuracies, they say. Yeah, there's a recent Björn Newland video of the brilliant Norwegian YouTuber, and he took the Audi e-tron 55 out and ran it down to zero on purpose. He had a, uh, a battery, one of those portable battery banks in the boot, and, and it, uh, he's doing more of these tests. I, I I'm not massively keen because I don't really like to see EVs running out of electricity. Uh, it can brick the battery. It's not good for them. And also, I, I still think it's, it's massively helpful. But Bjorn's a legend. So that's his kind of new series that he's doing, driving EVs till they, they literally stop on the side of the road. He did with the Audi. He put a couple of kilowatt hours back into the battery. And when he went to restart the car, it wouldn't move. It thought it was still empty, and he had to leave it like half an hour or 45 minutes or longer. And the BMS did some rethinking, probably looked at some cell voltages, and then went, oh, no, you've got seven kilometers of range. And then, you, oh, you've got 14 kilometers of range. And yes, now we'll let you drive to go and refill up the DC fast charger. So yeah, it's not an exact science working out battery voltage and 
range of EVs. Uh, researchers tested on the WLTP test cycle and said the quantum sensors traced the charge and discharge from 50 minus 50 amps to 130 amps accurately within a uh, 1%. So uh, that could be coming to make our range all the more predictable. Now in Germany, Orlen has announced plans to expand their e-mobility offering. The company uh, well known for filling stations and your fossil fuels, now adding more fast charging points over the next few years. All of their e-mobility offerings in the future will be marketed under Orlen Charge. They're putting 100 million euros into it uh, with 600 fuel retail sites getting EV chargers, according to petrolplaza.com. Now, SAIC, the Chinese company, uh, loaded up another ship full of MG4s. Now, in China, they're called the MG Mulan. In Europe and the UK, or in Europe, I can just say, in the EU and the UK, uh, they will be known as the MG4. There's 10,000 of them just went onto a ship leaving Shanghai, and that marks China, one of China's largest single shipments of electric vehicles for the European market. In the fourth quarter, it will be sold in around 20 major nations. By 2023, it'll be sold in 80 countries. The MG4 is getting a big push because they've built it on a dedicated platform. The result of MG and its Chinese owners are developing themselves a new car platform. Vehicle exports between January and August this year were 1.82 million coming out of China. increase year over year. China will overtake Germany this year in vehicle exports as Chinese companies at the fore of moving into the European market and expanding away from those domestic territories and selling their EVs outside of China. Now, the rather cheap and affordable bit, the value bit of Renault, called Dacia. Dacia has previewed a series of new features they hope to offer on future models. There's a new concept car they've put out, um, an all-terrain buggy, like a beach buggy. Big knobbly wheels and all those kind of things called the Dacia Manifesto Concept. It's a rugged off-road buggy, a bit like the Aerial Nomad. It's a two-seater, and it I don't know why they've done it, because it's not going to be made, they say. It's no preview of any future model. They say it's a statement of intent to how people they want people to view the Dacia brand. Now, if you're buying a Dacia at the minute, you're buying it because you need to. Now there's somebody one of my neighbours has a Dacia, and they've got a really nice registration plate like two or three letters and a number and it's uh, every time i drive past it i think that number plate is worth multiple times more than the car <laughs> why why would you have like you know abc1 <laughs> on the dacia anyway they want the dacia brand to move more up market and to be seen uh, as more exciting. So they've made a beach buggy concept uh, uh, to m- move them away from being seen as simple and affordable to being more desirable. The manifesto concept car is a response to Dacia's growing appeal among those who enjoy outdoor pursuits and active lifestyles, they say. No windows, no doors, no windscreen, but four-wheel drive, big knobbly wheels. They'll never make it. Don't know why they're doing it. I think it's a marketing exercise, but I'd love them to make it. Be very, very cool. And wouldn't it be cool if Dacia was like, oh, we've made a beach buggy? Because we could. Uh, But uh, interesting that they maybe will be on the journey, like MG is on that journey, that Hyundai and Kia did 20 years ago. uh, And now they make really desirable cars. So it can be done, has been done. Maybe Dacia... Well, MG is certainly doing it. MG, uh, I like supercharging that process of being a bit naff, a bit rubbish, but cheap 
if you've got to buy one, you do, uh, to being like, oh, well, they're making some interesting things. So watch this space, I guess I'm trying to say. Right, question of the week. It's taking a break for a while, but it will return. And thank you to all of our premium partners of the podcast for getting the show on the air and all of the Patreon supporters. I'll give you a mention tomorrow. Phil Roberts of Electric Future, Brad Crosby, Porsche of the Village in Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging on the US mainland and Loha Charge in Hawaii, Derek Riley and the EV Review Island YouTube channel, Richard at rsev.co.uk for buying and selling EVs in the UK, Octopus Electric Universe, global public charging made simple with one app and one map, and millbrookcottages.co.uk, five-star luxury cottages in Devon where you can jump in the hot tub, charge your EV, and enjoy a break because you deserve it. So check out the website and get yourself booked in. Have a good and see you tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.